Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench, and you are listening live to Season 4, Episode 14, and we are recording on a Sunday evening, February 6th, 2022. We made it to February, guys. Made it through January, and we're all still breathing, and, well, we're kind of smiling. I think we're smiling because we're through January. <laughs> smiling through January, but that, that other look you're seeing, there's that, that glazed-over look of knowing postseason time's coming, which is exciting, but keeps us on our toes, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, the Rams, we the 3A, we got our tournament pairings. And uh, first trip, Sergeant Bluff Luton from Ooh. Jefferson, Iowa. That's uh, roughly two and a half hours away. Um, sure, there's but, a nice, easy way to get there. Uh, up to Highway 20 and then take her all the way take up all to, the way all yeah, way. I guess. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out. But, Ooh. yeah, it's... Uh, you never know where you're going to travel, especially those first round matchups, but that's, that's where we got sent. Well, good luck on that. Yeah. It's uh, hard to believe we're already there, but it's, uh, you know, we always talk about it, but going fast. Uh, so hang on tight. All you folks out there who coach those winter sports and ADs that lead them and enjoy the next month. You know, and I, I just, we have been fortunate. Of course we missed that last storm that kind of stayed South. And um, boy, just buried what parts of Indiana and uh, Illinois, and yeah. um, we missed that. I, I'm just, I'm a little nervous about what March might be like. Uh, I don't know if you remember, boy, it's been 15 some years ago. We had a March snowstorm. I know I was in trainer. We had a March snowstorm that dropped, you know, 10, 12 inches of snow. Now the good thing is when it's in March, it goes away pretty quick too. But yeah, yeah. It didn't do very well for our golf team for a couple of weeks. I know that. No, it made, <laughs> it was soggy. It made spring golf tough. Well, I won't tell you then about the, I got on my AccuWeather app, one of my, I don't know, what do I have? 12, 13 weather apps on my phone. Take a pick. And, and uh, AccuWeather came out with their spring forecast saying the winter temps will stick around and make March a little frigid for us all. So there you go. You got that to look forward to. Good, ADs. good. That's why we just booked flights to Arizona for 10 days in the middle of March. So there you go. That's where the Gordons will be for about a third of March. We're going to be in Arizona. So that's fantastic. Good for you guys. Yeah. Well, hey, how about we pay a couple bills and we thank the sponsors of Beyond the Bench? Sounds good. Do you want your athletic program to stand out on social media? Well, now you can with Gipper. Using Gipper, you can create and share. Professional sports graphics to social media in seconds on any device without needing design experience. There's new content being added weekly to help your athletic program take the next step in your social media presence. Try out Gipper for free at gogipper.com backslash athletics. That's gogipper.com backslash athletics. We'd also like to thank Superfan. As a leader in the industry, Superfan has spent the last 10 years innovating and changing how schools approach fan engagement, ticketing, fundraising, and more. The Superfan platform includes their customized app. They make it fit for your school by choosing from dozens of engagement features designed with your students in mind. Learn more about your fan base with Superfan's detailed real-time data and reporting. No matter how big or small your school is, the Superfan platform is your all-in-one solution. Find out more or schedule a demo at superfaninc.com. Let the Varsity Bound software manage your team's information so you can create an amazing experience and build your legacy. Varsity Bound provides everything your athletes and parents need to enjoy the season right in one place. 
They can all get all this information on the web or on the Varsity Bound out app. Check out Varsity Bound at gogetvarsitybound.com. Listeners, are you an AD interested in saving time or making your job a little less stressful? Are you looking for ways to improve the fan experience at your games? Beyond the Bench suggests you take a good look at Hometown Ticketing. Hometown Ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional-level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program without the need to create an account, remember a password, or download an app. From individual game tickets to customize season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire platform for your athletic program. Check them out at www.hometownticketing.com to enroll your school today. As an AD, becoming a better leader is always a priority for you. Well, I've been following Jamie Beckler for some time now and recently joined his online membership site, theleadershipplaybook.com. Jamie is the author of numerous books. He hosts the Success is a Choice podcast and helps athletic departments across the country build better cultures. He's also a former high school athletic director. Being a member of theleadershipplaybook.com is like having my own leadership coach on call. Jamie provides a fresh set of eyes on the issues we are sure to encounter. I highly recommend reaching out to him at Coach Beckler on Twitter and checking out theleadershipplaybook.com. All right, thanks to all of our sponsors and we appreciate their support of Beyond the Bench. Well, it's guest time and uh, this is a special one for me. we are pleased to welcome Eric Link, uh, Coach Eric Link from the University of Missouri, and uh, have him join us. Eric, how you doing? Doing great, Todd. Thanks for having me, man. It's a it's a pleasure to pleasure to be on here with you guys, and and looking forward to it. Well, Eric and I go back. Uh, boy, it's been several years now. Um, <laughs> back at, at Roosevelt, uh, we hired Eric uh, my second year at Roosevelt, so that'd be about. I don't know, 20, when did you come to Roosevelt? Just tell me so I don't have to figure it out. 2016. 2016. Uh, Has it been that long ago already? Yeah, man, we're looking at, what, five, six years. And, you know, it's quite a coup because I lured him away from the from Auburn University. Uh, and uh, that was, <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> just just say that one more time just to hear that. Say that again for me. Yeah, well, that's one of the from Auburn, the Auburn yeah. Tigers. Yeah, the Auburn Tigers. We were able to. Uh, that was a, a pretty good hire. Um, yeah, that was a very, very good hire. <laughs> but uh, Eric uh, came to Roosevelt as our football coach. Uh, was there for two years and also served as assistant AD uh, with me. And uh, we spent a lot of good times together. And uh, not only is he a great football coach, he just brought such a great. Uh, yeah. I, you know, we talk about it a lot, but culture is sometimes overused, but there's a lot of truth to it. Um, and Eric just turned our culture around. And I think that that has stayed now, but Eric set that culture uh, in our football program and, and just did a fantastic job. But, um, you know, the thing I like about Eric, and I guess one of the reasons I was excited to have him on is because his list of schools where he served is about as long as mine, if not maybe one or two longer. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, here is Eric Link's bio, and um, it's good, though. It's good. So Eric went to – he was Des Moines North. He's a Des Moines public school school kid, uh, was a polar bear at Des Moines North, and then played at Drake. Um, 
then his first coaching stint, he went back to North uh, for just a, a little bit. And then at Drake, kind of went back to the college. He was at Drake. Then he was at Iowa State. Then he went down to Texas. So he has experienced, experienced Texas football at Keller, Texas. He was there, I think, for just one year. Is that right, Eric? That's correct, yeah. And so from Keller, then he went to Montana State, uh, powerhouse. Uh, oh, up, Keller up. Went, to, went to Auburn the first time. The went first to Auburn the first time. Auburn the first time. Okay, from Auburn then to Montana State, right? Yes, sir. Okay, well, I'm glad you remember. <laughs> and then Montana State, back to Auburn? That's correct, yeah. Yep, back to Auburn. And that's where I come into the picture, you know, and, uh, you know, one phone call and he's back to Roosevelt. No, that was a great, great conversation. I'll, I'll touch on that in a minute too, but he came to Roosevelt for two years. And then at the, uh, after two years there, he went to Louisiana tech and then to Appalachian state. And now Eric is in the sec in 2019. He went to the university of Missouri and, uh, with Elia Drinkwitz, uh, and, uh, has been there. Boy, just finished your third year in the SEC, and um, man, what a path, right? Uh, it, it's been quite the journey, I'll tell you that. That's for sure. I think uh, you just ran, ran ran through it, but uh, to surmise that, that's nine jobs, that's seven states, that's 11 homes, <laughs> and that's three time zones. So, wow. a journey, I'd say. That's a journey, yeah. And uh, right now – the romance of college football right there, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Man. Uh, yeah, I, I got I, I to gotta get you to uh, convince my wife of that, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm nah, – that won't happen. Not gonna, <laughs> you're on your own there. <laughs> well, you know, I, I just want to – I think the first thing that comes to mind about Eric is we were wanting to interview in, in December. We were wanting to get done and interview in December – and Auburn was getting ready for a bowl game. And uh, Eric, you know, we had him set up to come actually uh, to Des Moines, but they were doing prep for uh, the bowl game. And Eric just called and, and said, I, you know, I just can't, I can't leave right now. And that tells you what kind of commitment he had. And uh, so, you know, we said, okay. And then, well, we ended up interviewing in the spring and uh, we know how, you know, long story short, we were hired. We were fortunate to get him after the bowl game. And um, he came home and I think was looking for a little bit of change at that time. And um, it, it was just a great, great relationship. And I, he's a great coach right now. He's a special teams and a tight ends coach at the University of Missouri. Um, but again, I, it's we talk about all the time. Eric's great at forging relationships um, with kids. Um, obviously to, to do what he does at the collegiate level, you got to be able to have those relationships, but, uh, that's the kind of man he is, is that he wasn't going to just, he wasn't going to leave that program in limbo during a very important time, uh, getting ready for bowl game. And that spoke very highly, um, to me, uh, tell you what kind of person he is, the commitment he has. And, um, so Eric, uh, on top of being a great coach, I'm glad to call you a good friend and, um, uh, it's just great to see and have you on beyond the bench. So I, it is. It, 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 this, I was just going to say, this, this brings back some good memories for sure. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Yeah. Well, I just want to start with, uh, besides getting not, not my voice uh, crack like Peter Brady. Um, <laughs> 
I just tell us why, you know, why coaching? Um, what made you want to get into education and be a coach? Uh, take us back to that start and uh, where that all started. Yeah, you know, I think I think uh, like a lot of people, right, that that get into education and get into coaching. Um, you know, I had some really uh, remarkable people and coaches and teachers um, kind of coming up that that really had a profound impact on me and and um, that that really went the extra mile um, to to mentor me to to help guide me. Um, and just, and really took a, a vested interest in, in who I was. And, um, and, and that just, that really has always stuck with me, um, everywhere I've been. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it starts, I mean, you hear so many people that are in coaching and, and education that, uh, <clears throat> that's their reason, right? They, they, they were impacted by a, a, a teacher or a coach or a mentor of some sort that, um, really impacted them in a way that that made them want to kind of uh, you know pass that forward and pass it on and 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 kind of pay it forward I guess um, and that that's really what happened to me you know I, I was very interested in in journalism and thought I was going to be a sports writer and possibly a broadcaster I can remember um, going to WHO and in, in middle school and um, doing a um, kind of a shadow, a job shadow. I met, I met the great Jim Zobel. Oh boy. I was there. And, um, you know, that was really cool. It was a cool experience. It was a, it was a neat thing. And, and then kind of, as I got older, um, and, and got into high school and, and toward the end of my career, I was like, or toward the end of my years as a high school, um, student athlete, I just, I said, this is, I, I want to coach. I want to, I want to teach. I want to coach. Um, I would love to be a high school football coach and, um, try to have the same impact, uh, you know, on, on young people. So that's really how I got into it. I don't have a fancy story, but, um, there were, I really had two coaches that were extremely impactful to me. And like I said, took a, took a vested interest, um, in, in me and, in um, my, you know, kind of formative years. So two questions here. I'll, I'll get the first follow-up in tonight, Aaron. Um, <laughs> you beat me to it. Like, by a split second. Yeah. Who were those coaches and what were the characteristics that made them so special? So the two, the two coaches, uh, you know, one was my head football coach, Greg Holland, um, who coach Holland has, has been at North for years and years, actually just retired from teaching uh, last year, is still coaching um, and kind of helping out there. And um, he, uh, you know, he just, he went the extra mile. He, he, he lived about two and a half blocks from me. And, and I can remember, you know, um, him just stop, stopping by on the way up to school and picking me up in the summers and taking me to workouts and, um, you know, and, and just, just made me want to be a part of the team and the program and saw something in me that, that I probably didn't see in myself. And, um, you know, he knew I was, an athlete. He knew I was interested in sports and liked to play sports just, you know, and, and knew who I was and I knew who he was, but um, really kind of just, just went the extra mile and in, in all of that. And, um, you know, and, and wasn't, wasn't always easy, right. Wasn't always, 
um, you know, nice guy and friend and, you know, was hard on me when he needed to be. And, um, but, but also grabbed me around the neck and, and, um, you know, love, loved me up when he, when he needed to do that as well. And so those are two key characteristics. And the next guy is a guy named Rick Flaherty, who Rick actually, he played at Drake, uh, actually went to North as well. Um, and was my offensive line coach when I first started. And, and, uh, Rick took a vested interest in me. He's now a principal actually in Superior, Wisconsin. Um, and, and I can remember him, you know, same thing, coming and picking me up or meet me down at the, you know, school and, and take me through extra drills or extra running or, um, you know, whatever, uh, kind of physical torture he wanted to put me through. Um, but, uh, but, but it was, I mean, it was awesome, right? It was, you know, here's a guy that, that played college football and um, was coaching and, and, you know, living, kind of living his dream. And, and he was a younger guy at the time. And, um, you know, he just connect, we, we connected, I believe at a high level and, and the same thing. I mean, he was, he was hard now. He was, he was tough and, and he, he, um, but he also, I, I knew at the end of the day when I left the field or practice or a workout that, you know, he had my back and that he cared about me and, and wanted what was best. And, and so th- those two guys really have stuck out along with a, a number of others. I mean, teachers and I could name, I, I could name a number of people that um, had a huge impact, but those two guys really, really st- stuck out to me. Yeah, that's good stuff. You know, Eric, you say it's, you don't have a that flashy story but you've got the right story you've got folks who invested in you and you're giving back now investing um back in others and that's what it should be about that's what education is supposed to be about so so todd read through i your 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 list of man you've been some cool places and you've worked with some really high level football coaches football coaching staffs um which means you've gotten to see a lot of leadership styles uh, and a lot of leadership characteristics so what are some key leadership lessons you've learned through your experiences working with these high-level football coaches over the years? Yeah, I mean, that's what a great question, right? I mean, I think part of being a good coach or teacher or leader is being able to um, kind of take and learn things from the people that you're around. Uh, and, and, and also not only learn them, but, but you know, be able to kind of go through and, and, and figure out, okay, here's something that I would really – like to do and and you know if I get an opportunity to lead my own program or mm-hmm. uh, lead a staff or or coach uh, my own position group whatever the case may be right um, and and then there's some things that you're like yeah, I don't I don't think I would do it that way right I think I might try something else so it's kind of the best of of both worlds um, but I think the number one thing that I've taken from a number of people that I've been fortunate to work with and work around is you have to connect with people, um, you know, and, and, and that's everybody, right? As a coach, uh, working in the world of education, whether you're at the high school level, the college level, the professional level, I mean, you have got to connect with your, with your athletes. You've got to connect with parents. You've got to connect with all the stakeholders, the boosters, um, the booster club, the, the administrators. Um, you've, you've got to be able to connect with those people. And so I think it's just so important. And, and how do you do that, right? I think the number one thing that you have to do that I've learned um, that I'm a big believer in is you have to, the foundation of every relationship, right, is trust. 
And, and you, so you have to build trust with the people that you're ultimately trying to connect with, right? Whatever, whoever that group is. Um, and so I think there's, there's really kind of three ways um, that you, that you build trust. And, and the first one is just your character, right? The, the, the type of person you are from a day-to-day basis and how you're going to model, um, especially when it comes to your players and, and, and to your students, um, you know, when they look at you, what do they see? Right. I mean, are, are you, are you practicing what you're preaching? Are you um, giving them a model of, of the character and the type of person that, that you're trying to ho- hopefully develop them to become? Um, and, and I think part of your character is, is, is ultimately doing what you say you're going to do. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and following through and following up. I think those are two critical things. Um, and then, like I said, connection, connecting with those individuals, um, you know, is, is extremely important. Taking a vested interest in them um, outside of whatever it is that you're, you're working with that, that individual on, right? So I don't care if, if you're an English teacher, right? And you, you want to connect with one of your students, like go to their volleyball game, go to their basketball game, go to their musical production, um, see what they're like outside of uh, that English classroom. You know, for me as a football coach, like I've got to, I've got to connect with those, with my players on a level and, and show them that, that I care about, them. you know, and, and how can we do that? Well, there's a lot of different ways you can do that, but um, you know, it, I think just, just finding different ways to truly invest in them, um, you know, and, and, and hold them accountable. And then I think the third way that you build trust is, is, is being competent, right. Being, uh, making sure that they know, that you know what you're doing, right? As a football coach, it comes down to, you know, when when the rubber meets the road mm-hmm. and you're in the middle of the fourth quarter and, like, your players better trust that, you know, you've prepared them for this moment, right? That you've prepared them for whatever it is that they're going to come across. And I think that that's transparent and transformative to any part of education, right, or coaching or teaching. Um, you know, kids are smart. They, they, they know when you're full of it and, and <laughs> not to be quite frank with you. Right. Like, so yeah. you, you better be competent. You better know what you're doing um, and you better communicate that. So I think just building trust, but connecting, I mean, it's the name of the game. It's, it's um, you know, you, you asked me to choose one leadership quality or characteristic. It's, I, I truly believe that's what it's about. You, you have to be able to connect with people and you can say communication skills, right? That's that's all part of connection to me. Yep. Um, but building trust is the foundation of of that connection. And, and then I think that the, the other characteristic is just being genuine and authentic with who you are, right? Um, and it, like I said, kids, people, they can see through bullcrap, right? They can see through yes, they um, can. When, when you're not being genuine, when you're not being authentic, when you're not being who you are. Um, and, and, and so I think, um, you know, being real and having, being willing to have some tough conversations with people, um, but also again, understanding that, you know, Hey, I'm going to be hard on you. I'm going to coach you really hard. I'm going to push you to a limit that you probably didn't think you could get to by yourself, but I'm also, I'm going to, I'm going to hug you around the neck and I'm going to tell you, I love you, uh, which is okay. You know, it's okay to tell, uh, an athlete and a student that you love them and you care about them. Um, you know, 
It's, it's, you want to connect with somebody, um, use that, use that L word, you know, and, and, and let them know that you care about them. I, I think that's critically important, um, you know, with, with being real and being authentic. And, um, you know, I tell, I tell my players all the time, you know, it's, it's, I tell them two things. I appreciate them. And I love them. And, and I, I think that, that, that goes a long way. Hmm. You know, there's so many things you hit on in there um, on that, but I go back to what Todd talked about. One of his favorite things about you is when you came to Roosevelt, how just the influence and impact you had on, on the culture there. And man, I listened to you go through this, the, the idea of connecting to people and you don't hear about a culture shift out there without connection being a part of it, Eric. And it's, you can tell it's something you're passionate about. Heck, rumor, rumor has it, you'll even buy breakfast for folks in Columbia, Missouri that, you know, you've never even really met before. Now that's building connections right there. I tell you, it's a rumor. There's no truth. You know, we don't know for sure. It's just a rumor out there, but ah, man, that's that's a big, that's a big stuff. Todd, we could probably stop the show right there after that last five minutes. I know. Geez. Yeah. And I just filled up up a whole page of notes. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, I can tell you just that's real. And I, yeah. Uh, that's what he believes and that's who he is. And, and, uh, that's, but, you know, like I said about culture, I said, we overuse, I don't know if we overuse it, you know, but people just kind of ignore the word, but, you know, we all know that relationships, they aren't flashy, but that's, that's the real stuff right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, your character, you yeah. interest in people and you know what you're doing and just tell people you appreciate, you love them. Yeah. Drop the mic and walk away. Isn't you know? it great yeah. on how some of the yeah. simplest things in life that we do are sometimes the most complicated? Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It, it it really is. It's it's I, I feel like, especially as coaches, sometimes we you know, the higher levels you go, um it it's like, you know, we try to uh, split atoms sometimes with with what we're doing, and it really comes back to the fundamentals of, of the game, right? The fundamentals yeah. of building relationships, the fundamentals of, you know, connecting with people. And, and like you said, Todd, I think it was you that said, I mean, leading and coaching and mentoring, I mean, it's messy. It's hard. It's ugly. It's not, I mean, like, you know, I used to tell my coaches all the time, like coaching the, the pretty ones, that's, that's easy. Coaching those mm-hmm are going to do whatever you tell them to do, no matter what you tell them, like, that's easy. Like yeah. it's the, it's the edge guys. It's the edge, you know, uh, th- those, those kids that, that live on the edge, right. That, that you got to really dig into and invest in, and, um, you know, really put the time in that th- those are the ones that, uh, you know, are, are hard, but, but, and it is messy. It's not clean. It's not, uh, perfect it takes time it takes work it still comes down to to work right and 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 putting the time in well and whether it's kids or whether it's adults you know yeah it it takes work but man if if we don't do it who does and i don't want to live with that either um you know there's it's, it's too easy to give up on people uh this day and age and Gosh, we see it every day in a lot of areas of life that people are just, you know, and I don't want to, that's, that's not right. And it's kind of come down to that old adage, if not me, who, um, if not us, who, Yep. and, uh, you know, I guess we got to take responsibility for that. So, 
Thanks for that, Eric. Yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. Erica, you've had a, a, already illustrious career already. A lot of great places, as Aaron said, but if you could name one of the highlights or greatest memories of your career so far, what would that be? So it could be as a coach, as a player. Yeah, wow, that, that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I, I'm not sure I can just name just one. I know you guys give crap to Aaron all the time about his follow-up. <laughs> hey, you can, have, you can have follow-ups on this one for sure. Uh... Sorry, I accidentally muted you. I'm the owner. Sorry. <laughs> the there you go. Okay, I was, I was wondering what happened, but. Uh, Todd, this is, why we can't have this is why we can't have nice things, Todd. I know. <laughs> Just so everybody knows we're on a we're back to zoom on this one and I know. i'm clicking the wrong buttons he's <laughs> um, getting the clap button yeah <laughs> so I, I think you know some of my best moments i guess or or highlights um you know a couple things come to mind one you know in 2013 uh was a special year i was coaching at auburn um, you know, we were fortunate enough to, it was the last year of the BCS, um, you know, college football and, and we made the national championship, uh, against Florida state and we got to play in the Rose bowl and man, growing up in Iowa and, and, um, just, you know, that was like a new year's day tradition, right. That, mm -hmm. you know, I can remember it was like two things guaranteed in the link household on new year's day. And that's going to be chilly and that's going to be the Rose Bowl, right? <laughs> so Does it get any better than that right there. Uh, and and so I mean just 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 being in Pasadena and you know going to the stadium and just I can remember in, in pregame, um, you know, I I really you know how people say like you know, you ask them like what advice do you have for just just enjoy the moment, just be in the moment, right? Just enjoy the moment. And probably the for the first time in my life. Like I literally remember it probably, it felt like about, you know, five minutes, but it was probably 30 seconds where I, I just kind of looked around. The sun was setting, um, you know, in pregame in Pasadena, it was beautiful weather. Here we are. Not only am I getting the coach in the Rose Bowl, but I'm coaching the national championship for the second time, which was crazy to even think about. Um, and so that's bittersweet because that's, that's one of my highlights and one of my best moments, but we lost the freaking game. So yeah. um, that, uh, that, that was, uh, and it was the last second Jameis Winston, uh, I remember that. Uh, heroic moment. So, yeah. um, so that was definitely one, you know, I think um, that same year we were playing in the iron bowl and, and, you know, for those of you that, are not familiar with that. That's the rivalry game with Auburn, Alabama. And, um, you know, I got to coach in four of those games and, and, and those were really all really special, but, um, that ha that year happened to be the kick six, um, uh, where you know, right. we, uh, um, where they were kicking a field goal in the last second. Uh, and they, they actually reviewed the play to see if they had a second left and they did. And, so they kicked, attempted a 57-yard field goal, and we put a returner back, and he ended up returning it for a touchdown to win the game. And it was that was absolutely the craziest uh, post game I've ever experienced in my life. Just it was just yeah, it was insane. It was one of you know I, I think people have put it you know ESPN and a lot of different uh, you know sports 
um, you know, people and, and that they've, they've ranked that as one of the top moments in sports um, in the history. Right. And mm-hmm. it, to be a part of that um, is, is pretty neat. It's pretty special. And, and I, you, I mean, I knew it was special at the time. I knew it was crazy and it was, you know, such a great win. And that ended up, you know, catapulting us to the SEC championship game and with the chance to, you know, potentially play for the national championship. And so I knew all that was really special and, and great, but to uh, looking back now, you know, some years later and, and knowing that you were a part of potentially the greatest college football ending in the history of college football, that's, that's, that's pretty neat. So that, that's definitely up there. And then, I, you know, uh, the, the last one I would say is, is, my first win as a head football coach at Roosevelt, uh, you know, I would put that up there with, with any of those experiences and, and not even because we won the game, but just because of the amount of work time and just guys, when I grew up, man, and, and got out of college or got out of high school and all I ever wanted to do was be a high school head football coach. That's, I mean, that, that was like my goal. That was my vision. That was, I mean, mm-hmm. really care about anything else. Um, and, and to, to, to be in that moment, um, to, to go through it and, and see uh, how you've impacted and how our staff and, and, you know, everybody around, just everybody played a part in it. And just to see the smiles on faces, I mean, you would have thought we won the freaking state championship. I mean, it was, it was a neat, neat experience. I think they had, you know, over a couple year period had lost like 16 or 17 straight games and, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to win the game and just to the, from the community members to the amount of texts and calls and, you know, notes and emails that, that I received after that game, it was, it was truly special. And, and the most important thing, again, it wasn't, I mean, yeah, we won, that was great. Uh, but just, kind of the the validation I guess of of you know the outcome right that uh you know I'm a big believer in process goals and outcome goals right like I mean just just to know that all the process that we were doing like we're, we're heading in the right direction and I knew we were because we were super competitive the first you know three weeks uh of the season and but but just to to kind of experience that not only was it my first win as a head coach, but um, just just for all those reasons I mentioned, that, I mean that was a really, really, really uh, neat uh, and and fun experience. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Now, do I oh, do I remember right? Do I remember right? Uh, that was at Drake Stadium. Was yes, it, it was. Atumwa. Atumwa, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I just I just remember. I mean, feeling so happy for you and the staff and the kids and. And the Roosevelt community, um, yeah, just I, the mayhem afterwards was. It wasn't the Iron Bowl kick six, but uh, for Roosevelt, it was. Oh, it was it was and phenomenal. It was absolutely a, a tremendous, tremendous feeling. I had to see smiles on kids' faces and community members. Yeah, and, and Aaron and Scott, just just so you know, I mean, not that uh, you know Todd's a humble guy, but <clears throat> when you talk about like appreciating your coaches and, and appreciating your people. Like I can vividly, one of the things I remember about that night is Todd came back up to the school, came in into the locker room, found us as a coaching staff, gave us all hugs, you know, <laughs> just congratulations was, was yeah. just as excited as we were. 
Yeah. Um, and that just, I mean, that means I can remember my principal at the time on the field, like, you know, hugging us. And I mean, like that just, that just, that again, just the validation of, of everything that you're doing and, and just like, man, we're, we're not only am I in the right place at the right time, but I'm with the right people. And, you know, that's, that's such a big part of it. Yeah. Oh, Eric here, this one's, this one's a more difficult one, but <laughs> one of, one of your most difficult moments, uh, what would that be? And, and how did you learn from that moment? Oh, that is that's that's a, a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, especially right after talking about all those highs, you know? I know. <laughs> um, just bring, bring me right back. Hey, but that, that that's the beauty of coaching, right? Yeah. It, it just, it, it it's the most humbling uh, profession there is, right? You're, you're uh, one, one day you're the cat's meow and the next day you're um, you know, what have you done? What have you done for me lately? So, um, and that's one of the things I love about sports just period, whether you're coaching or playing or um, is, is just the humility factor and just being, being humbled and right when you think you know it all. Um, but probably honestly, you know, looking back and I was thinking about this question um, because I don't probably think about it. It's, it's like that interview question. What are your weaknesses? Well, do I really want to tell you what all my weaknesses are if I'm trying to get this job? Right. Um, but probably one of the, one of the, uh, most difficult things I've done is, is when I left Roosevelt and just because of all the things that I had mentioned talking about the highlight, right. And, and, and just, the things that we were building and had built and, you know, all the people that invested in me and invested in, in our program and, um, and the kids, the most important thing, the kids, I mean, that was, that was hard. And there's, there's not a, a right way or, or an easy way to, to tell a group that you've been coaching and teaching and leading and, and have poured your heart and soul into, to tell them that you're leaving. Um, that's not an easy thing to do. That's, and, and I've obviously <laughs> I've left a job before. Um, and, and it's, and it's always, it, it's never easy to do that, but, but as the head coach, you know, for the first time in that, in that position, that was really, really difficult. Uh, it was in, in, um, you know, again, I, I think just falling back on trying to be authentic and genuine and, and transparent and honest and, you know, uh, you're never, one thing I've figured out, you're never going to please everybody. So, um, but just trying to be real and, 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 um, but that was hard. That was, that was extremely difficult to do and, and uh, not something I, I want to do again. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's, it's like death and taxes. <laughs> exactly. Making people angry and, and not pleasing everybody's like death and taxes. Guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, but Scott Jarvis, if there's one person out there trying to please everybody, will work till the day they die doing it. It would be you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not very bright. <laughs> well, I want. I want to take another turn here now and go to a subject that is, you know, hot topic. And I, the transfer portal, right? Mm. Um, mm. This year, I, I think I looked up over 1,400 athletes went into the transfer portal. And that's football, NCAA football, right? Um, golly, what? Where's this going, Eric? Um, I the question to me is too now. 
because we see it now, I think getting into the high school level, you know, I'm not happy. I'm going to try and go somewhere else. And there's all the transfer stuff that you got going, but are there positives to the transfer portal at the collegiate level? Let's start there. Yeah. I mean, I think absolutely. Right. I mean, I think when you look at the two things right now that are kind of the hot topics with college athletics, right. The transfer portal and the name image and likeness, right. The mm-hmm. Um, you know, the intention of both of them, I think there was some really positive intentions and, and, um, you know, some things that were, I think when it, when it originated, uh, there were some, certainly some positives. And I think one positive is it allowed with the, with the transfer portal specifically, it allows the student athlete to, you know, to, to kind of at least have a one time out in maybe a situation that they aren't necessarily in control of. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, as coaches, if, if I get a, a better opportunity, right. Uh, or another opportunity, I can leave and, and go somewhere else. Now, contractually, I may have a buyout or whatever, but usually in those cases, the next place you're going to is going to take care of that buyout. And, um, you know, and, and I can move my family and, and go on to that next opportunity, right. Without, penalty without mm-hmm. um, you know anybody really thinking twice about it right um well if you put your yourself in the shoes of student athletes in those situations i mean whether we want to uh acknowledge it uh, admit it um the reality is is one of the major factors when a student athlete chooses a college is uh, the coaching staff, right. Is who's mm-hmm. going to be coaching with them. Who's going to be coaching them. Who's going to be working with them, you know? Um, and, and that's just, that's part of it. I mean, we, at this level you're spending and really any college athlete, you're spending so much time with your coach uh, and, and, and with the, the coaching staff um, that that's part of the recruiting process, right. You're getting to know those people. And so I think um in those situations, I think the transfer portal can certainly be a positive. I also think, you know, there's some, you know, specific circumstances and situations where maybe uh, mental health may be involved. Um, maybe there's a, you know, a, a student athletes far from home and maybe there's, you know, some stuff going on that they need to be closer or want to be closer to maybe a sick family member or whatever the case may be. There, there's, there's a lot of different factors there that I think are legitimate and I think, uh, you know, is, is a positive of the transfer portal. Um, so I, I do think that that is certainly, um, I, I think there are some positives, but, um, you know, there, there's also certainly some negatives as well. Does it change how you recruit? I mean, if you know kids are going in, I mean, how's that work? Does do the kids start to contact where they want to go? Like in those situations, they may, but do you, rec- can you recruit kids in the transfer portal? Like you do a senior in high school? Well, no, I mean, that's like, we were just talking about that the other day, actually about, you know, a lot of these transfer portal situations, you know, you're recruiting a kid sometimes for a week you know, sometimes 72 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of times these high school kids, you know, you built a relationship with and you've um, been recruiting them for sometimes three years, 
you know, depending on, you know, when that relationship starts. Um, so I think it, it's, it's a completely different ball game to answer your question. One of the negatives on the transfer portal is roster management, right? Mm, yeah. Um, it's a roster yeah. management nightmare for, for coaches because, uh, you know, I mean, just think about it, right? We still have 25 initial scholarships that we can sign in each class. Well, if let's say you have, let's say you have seven um, upperclassmen, juniors and or seniors to be uh, leave your program. Well, you can't necessarily just replace those seven with incoming high school kids, right? Because now you have, you've created holes within your roster and created some gaps mm. and now you're backloading your roster or potentially mm-hmm. frontloading your roster that just creates some challenges. It creates some, um, some things that, that make it a little bit difficult. Um, and, and so that's where, you know, the transfer portal. And I, I think one of the negatives is it's, it, it really is hurting that senior in high school who maybe wasn't on everybody's radar come after their junior season. And now is, is, you know, maybe had a great year as a senior and has really developed um, had a great off season. I mean, you guys know you've been around high school kids. I mean, kids develop and bloom and and hit puberty at at all different times, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like there's no way to forecast that and, and to you know truly uh, identify when that's going to happen. So for some of those kids that were they're late bloomers and it and it happens a little bit later, you know, I think that's where it's where you know in the past you would they would still have time, right? They would still coach uh, coaches and recruiters would still um, have time to identify those guys. And and now it's, it's especially like when there's staff turnover, right? If a new staff comes in, you know, uh, that that's when a lot of those kids would, would have opportunities. Uh, but even now with, with a trend you're seeing with, with new coaching staffs is, you know, more going towards the portal right, to maybe meet some of the need, immediate needs that they have. So it's certainly created some roster challenges. And, um, you know, it's, it's that, that to me is a, is a negative um, that probably wasn't completely thought through. Um, and then, you know, I think the other negative is, you know, I'm a big believer, and this is my opinion, I'm a big believer that, you know, sometimes our greatest lessons – or through failure and through adversity and through hard times. Right. And, and sometimes we need to, you know, work through those and, and, and help our young people work through those and identify problem solving skills and solutions and, you know, um, you know, kind of help, help, help walk them through those, those situations. And, and, um, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily happen, um, anymore. That's crazy that you even mentioned that because I just posted it on my Twitter account is just, I was just thinking about that today, coach is just how do I continue to push myself to be better, but also puts me in that kind of, you know, I could fail and I'm fearful of failing and, and then, but how do I find that contentment contentment in that struggle every day? That's, that's tough. Mm -hmm. That is uh, a, yeah, that's a, (laughs) If you find the answer to that, let me know because that's oh, oh. worth like some big time money. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you know. It, it, it's the challenge. No, it's it, you're 100 percent right. That's the that's the beauty, right? 
I mean, that's the magic of coaching and teaching, in my opinion, is, is you know, uh, helping our players, our athletes, our students realize that and learn that and, and, and see that and that sometimes, hey, some of the best lessons that we can learn are, are through failure and through uh, adverse, tough situations. And it doesn't mean you have to do it on your own. I think sometimes people think, well, I don't want, you know, Johnny to fail or to, to experience hardship, you know, uh, because, and, and just, he's going to, we're going to throw him to the, to the sharks. No, I mean, like you, there's going to be people helping you, but it's, it's, there, there, there are times when we got to uh, step up and meet those challenges. And, and so I think, um, you know, it's all part of it. So I do have to have a follow-up on this, and I know we can probably talk about this topic forever, but you talked about two big things, hot topics in NCAA or the, the, the transfer portal in NIL. Um, is the NIL playing a role in the transfer portal? Do, are you starting to see kids who are maybe thinking, wait a minute, man, I don't like my opportunity to make money here, but if I would look at other places, I have a chance to make more money through the NIL at another, in another program. Wow. Maybe that's the sausage being made. We don't want to talk about it. I don't these, know. These are, just... some, these are some high level uh, <laughs> NCAA recruiting yeah. questions here. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, the thing I'll tell you is, is, you know, it, it, it's, it's certainly, again, the intention of NIL outstanding, right? I mean, like let's, let's, let's be real. I mean, if you're a college athlete, it's a full-time job. I mean, oh, yeah. what sport you're playing and, and, you know, for them, for them to have an opportunity to make uh, some extra money on their name, image, and likeness, I'm all for it. When that, yeah. when that came Absolutely. to the forefront, I was nothing but supportive of that. And, and I think it's, it's great. Right. But, but again, you know, uh, I think the problem with it right now, Aaron, to answer your question in probably the best way and in, in, in the safest way for me to answer that <laughs> is, so probably true. is, uh, <laughs> is just to tell you that, you know, there aren't a lot of rules and regulations right now, uh, mm -hmm. the problem. And, yeah. and you're really, you, it's getting close to free agency without the actual and, rules and regulations. Yeah. In place. And there's just unethical people out there too, that's taking advantage of some kids too. And yeah, we hate to see Well, that. those are your words, Scott, not mine. So <laughs> yeah, I just I say, I, I said it, I said it. Article shows up with Columbia, Missouri, and tomorrow, Coach Link. No, I'm just not, and no, we don't want to get in trouble. It's just it's one of those things we talk about, you know, down here as we kind of watch it evolve above us. Uh, is boy, how is this going to start to play in all of this? And, and it and it's just an interesting. And you guys are trying to navigate that at the college level, and 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 good luck to you yeah. on that. No, absolutely, and I think I think if you're not doing that, Aaron, I think you're behind the behind the eight ball. I mean, I think. Yeah. You know, you're already seeing it in some places impact high school athletics and high school sports. And I mean, at the state levels, like I, I hope I'm, I'm certainly I would think that the the state level administrators are, are that's a hot topic for for state level administrators and, and, you know, high school ADs and superintendents, because if it's not, it's I mean, you're going to caught with your pants down, I think. Yeah, we I think there's. I think there's six or eight states that have now implemented NIL at the high school level. So yeah, we need to be ready for that. And for all those ADs that doesn't think it's going to affect them, it's mm -hmm. going to real quick. Yeah. 
Hmm. Eric's like, next question, man. Next question. <laughs> uh, where we? Hey, speaking of the next question, that's mine. All right. So we'll get back to, to, to some other stuff here. So, so Eric, uh, alarm goes off in the morning, your feet hit the floor. What's your why? What's your purpose? What's driving you um, that day? Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, um, again, not not a fancy answer here, um, but just being genuine and, and being who I am. I mean, my why is I want to make a positive impact on young people's lives. And and that is really, at the end of the day, why I got into coaching. Um, that is why I do what I do. Um, if, if all I'm doing is coaching football, that's not enough. And, and I want to impact their lives far after uh, the game. I mean, here at Mizzou, we talk about chasing two dreams, that life with football and that life after football. And to me as a coach, that life after football is, is much more important um, than, than, than that life with football. And we're going to do everything we can to, to prepare them um, to maximize their ability as a player and as an athlete. And, and I feel like that's, you know, obviously a big part of my job as a coach, but that's not my why. I mean, it's, it's my why is to, to make sure I'm, I'm having a positive impact on them. And, and um, you know, that, that really drives me. Um, and I love coaching ball. I love the X's and O's. Um, you know, it's, it's the, the, I love the competition. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, be in coaching if, if I didn't. Um, but, you know, there's just something about being a part of a team um, and, and working with a group to accomplish a common goal. Um, and then also, you know, seeing it get invited to a, a player's wedding, um, seeing a young man become a husband and a father. And um, I mean, those, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's, it's, it's outstanding, you know, helping, helping former players, you know, get jobs or writing letters of recommendation or, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's much bigger than the game. And, and, um, you know, that's, that's my why. That's what drives me. Good stuff. So Eric, uh, if you could go back and talk to a young Eric Link tooling around the city of Newton, visiting his grandparents. I, I thought I was still young. What, what do you mean? So <laughs> <I'm> old. <laughs> Older, older than you used to, older than yesterday, coach. What, what uh, advice would you give a, a young Eric Link? Yeah, you know, I kind of mentioned, I kind of mentioned this before, but you know, I think the first thing is, is I would tell myself, focus on process-oriented goals, right? Um, don't focus on outcome-based goals, and and what I mean by that is, is you know, I think as a young coach, like I said, like I told you guys earlier, all I ever wanted to do was be a high school head football coach. I can vividly remember, you know, my last year playing was in college was the fall of uh, 2002. And so that next spring, I lined up, you know, I mean, I went and met with Gary Swenson and Tom Wilson and, you know, um, Darren Fisher at the time, who was at Des Moines East. Like I went and, and, and just, like, and I didn't, I didn't go there um, wanting to really talk football, to be honest with you. I, I wanted, I went there, Hey, how do you become a, a high school head football coach and do it at a level that you're doing it at? Right. Um, and, and looking back now, 
Like I had no clue. I mean, I had no clue. Like you have to learn how to crawl before you can walk, right? You have to learn how to walk before you can run. Um, so focus on the process and, and you know, looking back, uh, it, it's, it's, they could have just told me one thing, learn, to build relationships and connect with people and you're going to have a great opportunity to, to be successful. So, um, you know, just, just focusing on the day to day, um, and, and really being present, uh, each day with, with the people that you're working with and, and working around. Um, I, I think, you know, that's the process, right? Again, not always pretty, not always smooth, uh, could be ugly, could be hard, could be difficult, right? Um, but that's the beauty of it and, and, and makes it all worth it. Um, and then I think the other thing is I would tell myself is be who you are. Don't try to be somebody you're not uh, because who you are is good enough. And, and I, think, I think more and more young people need to hear that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I like, like anybody, right. I mean, it's, it's okay to have a mentor. It's okay to have somebody to look up to. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, don't try to be somebody you're not, you know, um, just, just be who you are. Um, and, and that's going to be good enough. And, and I think those, those are important things that I, two, two important things that I wish somebody would have told me, um, you know, and then the last thing is probably the most important thing, especially for me. Uh, but the good Lord gave, gave us all two ears and one mouth for a reason. So we listen twice <laughs> as much as we talk. And, uh, you know, I, I, I probably, should, I probably should have, uh, you know, I, I wish somebody would have told me that a little bit earlier. Cause then I probably would have probably would be a lot smarter than I am. Uh, if I were a little bit more than talking. So. That's true of all of us, coach. True of all of us, I think. So I got to ask, before Todd jumps in here on the closing thought part, I'm sorry, guys. We got an SEC football coach in here. I got to ask this question. Is it as cool to walk into an SEC football stadium with, with 105,000 screaming, rabid football fans as it appears to be on TV? Yeah, I mean it's 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 outstanding, right? You know, I think um, what's amazing is, you know, we work unbelievable hours, right? And and we're away from our families, and you're sacrificing a lot uh, sometimes personally, and and um, you know, but but I think and and really when you look at it, you're you're guaranteed twelve Saturdays, right? And and hopefully more, but that's what's going to be on the schedule. And, and you work 365 days a year to, for those 12 opportunities. Right. And, and so I, I do, I, I love game day. Um, I, I think, but I'll be honest with you, Aaron, and, and, you know, people might think I'm crazy, but um, I love game day on Friday nights at, at Drake stadium, coaching Roosevelt and, and, in Keller, Texas coaching, at Keller High School and, and um, you know, in Bozeman, Montana, Montana State, like, I mean, it's not about, you know, the big time is where you're at, you know what it I mean? Is. It's, it is. It is. And, and, you know, yes, it's cool. It is. It's awesome, right? But once the game gets going, it's 50, it's 53 and a third wide. It's 100 yards long. Like, football is football. Mm. It, it, it don't make it more complex than it is. And, and, you know, there's just a lot, a 
a lot of people watching you, watching you do, and a lot more scrutiny on you and, and the decisions that you make. But um, I really, I'm a firm believer. It still comes down to, you know, people and, and, you know, the, the, the things that we've talked about tonight. And that's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. But I had, but I had to ask a question too, because I imagine there, there is a moment of, okay, this is cool. Oh, absolutely. But, but, but absolutely. the rest of it, you were absolutely right on. Nice frosty, frosty Westerling. Uh, you like that? Didn't there. You? I did. I did like that. Are you a blue car, red car guy? Uh, probably, probably more blue car. That sounds like it to me. All right. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. We make it sometimes more complicated than what it is, no Sweet. matter what we talked about. And uh, I think that's the one thing that really kind of stands out, you know, through everything Eric talked about was just, you know, keep it simple and keep it to the basics and the fundamentals of people and football and whatever the case might be, just it's fundamentals. You're not going to go wrong. I just wanted to close with the thought that, you know, really ties into a lot of what Eric talked about. And if anybody listening reads what I write, uh, I wrote about this in the last week. I, I wrote about legacy. Um, lost a friend, uh, a man, 85 years old, that was, you know, next to my dad, the, the second man to hold me, or the first man to hold me outside of my family. And uh, was just always supportive. He was a great leader, uh, great man of vision. Um, and so, you know, when, when, when you lose people like that, you start to, especially as you start to approach your 60th birthday, you start to think about what you're doing and, you know, are you doing it the right way? Cause Dwayne did it the right way. And I just, I, I wrote about, you know, what is legacy to me? Uh, three things. Is it knowing in your heart that what other people see is who you really are at all times? Being real, right? Being who you are, being authentic. Secondly, are you giving yourself and your abilities to something bigger than yourself? And thirdly, are you giving yourself to something that's going to outlast you? You know, when you see people like Dwayne who pass away and uh, he could answer yes to all three of those because he did. And that's the life he lived. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we, we don't wake up every day and say, I'm going to go out and make my legacy. Uh, we do it like what Eric said, you know, you go out and you live your life day to day and you live it real and you live it for people, serving people, trying to help other people be better. Um, that's the legacy. And I, I just have really been thinking a lot about that over the last week and a half, two weeks since Dwayne died, you know, and it's just, let's just continue to go out and make a difference um, and not try to make a legacy or leave a legacy, but let's just do the day-to-day -day stuff. And uh, you know, I got mentioned here a couple of times, even when it's messy and sometimes when it's messy is when it's the most important and there's too many people turning their back on messy. And I think we got to be in it for the messy sometimes too. So uh, just live that day-to-day -day life. And I think, uh, we're on our way to leaving some sort of legacy uh, as well. Well, Eric, uh, this has been a treat for me. Um, 
just like you tell your players, you know, I'm proud of you. I appreciate you. I love you. Um, and it's just, it's good to see you. I wish you, you know, when I'm not a Hawkeye fan on Saturday, I'm a Mizzou fan and I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking for the Missouri game, um, uh, outside of the Hawkeye game, but, um, and we are coming down. Uh, we're coming down. We're going to, we're going to find a way to get down there and, uh, experience some sec football. And, uh, Aaron, Aaron could bring us out for breakfast. Yeah, Absolutely. we'll know the spots. We'll hey, know the spots. We got breakfast and we got to get some Shakespeare's while we're down there, and I'll be good. I love it. Oh, man, you guys are making me hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, thank you. Uh, this has been great, and you've shared some great leadership insight with us and thank just you. insight um, overall. So appreciate your time. And you bet. Thank you guys so much. You bet. I want to thank our sponsors Hometown Ticketing, Gipper, Varsity Bound, HQ, Super Fan Inc., Jamie Beckler, and the Leadership Playbook. And if you haven't uh, checked out his book called The Captain, that's a good study for you as well. So, again, thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate uh, all of your support to be on the bench. And we will catch you next time. But until then, be blessed. <laughs>